You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show. It's me, Joe Thrash and Kill, joined by my good friend, 365 Days of Horror, or as I like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Joe? I, uh, I'm i okay. Uh, a little haggard. Uh, I just finished a three-day string of shifts. So you know what the last thing I did uh, with that uh, 12, 20, 36-hour string of work was? Drink heavily? Well, yes, but not on the clock. Uh, on the clock, I mean. Um, sneakily drink heavily. <laughs> no, I, uh, I got to, um, have you ever heard of, um, have you ever heard of a molasses enema? I am hesitant to find out what that is. So like, I, th- I think I can figure it out, but please tell us. It's, it's pretty much what it sounds like, but somehow even worse. I had actually only even heard of a molasses enema once before, uh, getting to actually do it myself yesterday. To, mo- to someone, right? To someone, yes. Okay, okay. A molasses enema, it, it, it's not quite what it says on the label. It's almost, but not quite. It's um, a bottle of molasses, right? But also, it's equal parts milk. And you combine in a bag molasses and milk and you squish it all together and you make sure it's nice and warm but not too warm because you're about to put that entire bag of goopy sweet shit up someone's asshole um so i got uh i got a surgeon uh, who came up me cross at the end of the day he's like hey uh great news uh i'm writing this order for a molasses cinema so have fun with that champ and just walked away like wow what a piece of shit (laughs) Uh, so there's not medication to do that you have to use stuff that they used when they were crossing the great plains in the uh, 1700s i was and i was everybody in the department like gathers around to see me prepare this (laughs) shit because they're like really (laughs) they'd never seen this either their fists pounding on the table joe Joe, 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 yeah. And this one ancient doctor comes by. He's like, oh, wow, yeah. We haven't done one of those in a while, but uh, I tell you, they work. (laughs) So why was this ancient form of medicine used to do this? So this guy had a small bowel obstruction, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Which is not good. And he refused a... uh, NG tube, which is a tube that goes through your nose down to your belly to mm. relieve some of that built up shit so you don't start shitting out of your mouth, right? Because it's one big, it's one big tube from your mouth to your butt. And if you know you can't go out one end, it's gonna go out the other. And uh, that's deeply unpleasant to have poop coming out of your mouth. But this, I think I saw that South Park episode. <laughs> but this guy was a huge baby. He's like, no, I don't want a tube in my nose. I'm like, buddy, if you know what the alternative is, I think you would probably rather have that. Um, so uh, he, he refused the tube, uh, didn't want to have surgery. Uh, so the surgeon was like, this is kind of a last ditch effort for us. So I cram all of this gooey junk up his butthole. And I'm like, you have to hold that in there for as long as possible, okay? Like, just as long as you physically think you can. And about five minutes after I get it in there, a transport team comes and takes him to uh, take him to CT scan. And I'm just thinking in my head, oh no, we're about to put the CT machine out of commission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if this guy was giving you a real hard time, you could have microwaved the milk for a few seconds, get it real curdly. Honestly, we talked about that. <laughs> like the... The group of nurses were like, "Do we? Should we microwave this?" I'm like, "You know, that's the smooth muscle there. It could easily just be destroyed if I make it too hot." <laughs> you know, uh, so we kept it room temp, thankfully. Um, anyway, uh, he did not uh, shit all over the CT machine. Unfortunately, I was really hoping that would be the case. Uh, he instead made it until uh, made it all the way back to uh, my room, where he just unloaded all over the floor. So great! It's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool week, I would say. Uh, this is the Toilet of Hell podcast. It's about metal, not poop. But you know, I feel I figure we got to talk about poop occasionally. And you could have just rubbed his face in it and told him, "No, no, you do not do that." I mean, like. <sighs> That's bad, but that was kind of my fault. Like, I'm the one that put all that stuff up his butthole. Like, it was going to come out. 
the other guy in the other room that just whipped out his dick and pissed all over the floor, like just absent any reason whatsoever, that was the one that really pissed me off. Well, just remember when all this stuff happens, you chose it. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. Is, this is the life you want to lead. That's true. Hey, did you know that there's a nursing shortage? <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. So this uh, this other guy that pissed all over the floor, by the way, I learned a cool trick. Um, he uh, he didn't want to, I guess, go to the bathroom like a normal person because uh, I had asked him for a urine sample and uh, he didn't want to, me to like test him for drugs or whatever. So if you're getting a urine sample that's looking for drugs, it doesn't have to be sterile. So I <laughs> grabbed a syringe and just... <laughs> Took it to that puddle of piss on the floor, filled it up, and put it in a uh, urinary analysis tube. Sent it off to the lab. So, yeah, fucking. So I got a dustpan and scooped it in. (laughs) And honestly, it fucking worked. So fuck you. He was on PCP, by the way. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, Hey, how how are you? (laughs) I sit in an office and type on a computer. I'm fine. Well, uh, get to do anything cool this last week. Uh, I was actually going to go to a concert for like the first time all year. I was going to see a Canadian ska band, the Planet Smashers, whom I love very much. And the day before the show, they had to cancel their entire tour because they didn't get their work permits in time. What the fuck? Who's asleep at the wheel over at the uh, the visa department? The entire U.S. government? Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> it's funny... Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago how I was lamenting like my local no shows I really want to see are coming to the area. It was mostly like old thrash bands, which is fine, but like not I didn't really want to see any of them. And I specifically mentioned Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. They had to cancel their tour due to low ticket sales. I saw that the other day. Uh just thinking to myself, like, why now? Why not over the last thirty years? <laughs> It's like low ticket sales and like people canceling on them to like work on the tour. And I think there is also like having trouble getting a van, which is still going on. But it's I I have no problem with the band. Sure. eh, I think what a lot of people probably feels like, yeah, they're okay. I don't really want to go see them. I feel that way about many, many bands. I don't have anything against you. way about most bands. Yeah, I don't have anything against you specifically. I'm just not really into it. And I'm at the point where it's like if you don't play within my like – 15 mile radius of venues and I'm probably not going. <laughs> uh, that's the cool thing about aging, isn't it? It's like, I am not going to put any effort into this whatsoever. Whereas like, I remember, you know, uh, when I was a, a kid, I would travel like all the way out of state for shows. If it was a band I really cared about, that is never happening ever again. <laughs> yeah. It has to be something super special for me to want to do that. And there really isn't that much out there right now. To make me want to do that to begin with. And when you're so close to actual venues, it's like, well, I'll just wait until next time. They'll probably come here. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and I say that, but like, there's like a country musician I like a lot who I was planning on seeing a few months from now who definitely died last week. So if it's a guy that's like maybe middle aged or, or going higher and uh, is a, a road dog, uh, maybe go see them now. <laughs> That's that's definitely a thing that you should think about, too. Yeah, if you want to see it, if it's something you love, that's different. But when it's like, yeah, I like a couple songs, then it's, eh, yeah. I don't feel like driving an hour and a half through city traffic, paying tolls, finding parking, knowing people are going to harsh me. I'll wait. Well, let's uh, let's look at a, a story here that is very relevant to this. Uh, you know, people that don't really want to leave the house to go fight with some other people uh, to to try to see some shows that maybe you're not really all that into. I'm talking, of course, about apathy at the emo show. Uh, This headline here from the PRP, just published a couple of days ago, says, Massachusetts is for lovers fest scaled down amid reported low ticket sales. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I mean, I could have told you that Massachusetts was not for lovers. No, I've been to Massachusetts. I've I've never been there, but I, I'm uh, every uh, impression I've ever gotten is that is more closely for haters, maybe even for racists. <laughs> I have seen many people who have lived in the South say Massachusetts specifically is the most racist place they've ever lived in. 
I mean, um, they uh, they had race riots recently, <laughs> more recently than like in Dallas. So take that for what you will. Uh, let's see. The Massachusetts edition of Is for Lovers Festival, overseen by Hawthorne Heights, has been moved to a smaller venue with an abridged lineup. Originally booked for today, September 17th, at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts, the fest initially canceled amid low ticket sales. Uh, a statement issued by the festival's social media has revealed several of the artists scheduled to perform will now be playing a new version of the fest at the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts, on the same day instead. Rise Against Alkaline Trio, Bayside, and more will no longer be taking part in the event. Bayside saw so I was in Worcester and said, I will never play in this place again. <laughs> it's funny, they like literally just had the New England Metal and Hardcore Fest the day before this. I feel like all roads lead back to the Worcester uh, Palladium. Uh, what, what is the deal with the Worcester Palladium? It's a fairly, it's not quite in the middle of Massachusetts, but it's uh, west of Boston. It's an hour from Providence. Um, it's not f- that far from like New Hampshire, so it's one of those central locations. It's easy. It's right off the highway. There's a big venue that caters specifically towards like metal and rock and punk, and uh, there's lots of parking. So it's you don't want to play Boston, but you want to play near Boston. That's your option. Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, let's see. The revised version of the fest is instead features <clears throat> Silverstein who I cannot remember if I've seen or if it was Bayside back in 2004. I read it as Silverstein. Silverstein, Silverstein, you know, whichever have you. I know I saw one of those two bands in 2004, and I'll be fucked if I can tell you which one it was. They're the same band to me. Uh, Also, Hawthorne Heights, uh, who had one hit in, again, 2004 and been riding the fuck out of it ever since. It was a big hit for them. It was. Uh, same thing with the red jumpsuit apparatus. Uh, do you feel like a man uh, when you play this small fest? Uh, Emery. I don't know. Uh, Further Seems Forever, a band uh, that I've seen their sticker a million times, never listened to. Uh, Proper with a period at the end. Slow Joy and Mall Cops. These are all the same band. Uh, they're certainly the same band, yes. The only memory I have for Hawthorne Heights is... Around the time where they were popular, I went to Warp Tour and uh, friends were playing and gave me like passes. So like I got into the fest early and was just walking around and uh, walked by a signing table where like these relatively young looking women were trying to like lift up these heavy boxes for whoever was signing there. And I was like, let me help you. You're having problems. So I just picked up the boxes and they're like, oh, thank you so much. If you want to come back later, Hawthorne Heights is doing a signing and we'll like put you to the front of the table. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> um, a statement issued by the Is for Lovers camp reads as follows. Sometimes things don't go as planned and you must make difficult decisions based on circumstances outside your control. Canceling was never an option for us. We know that thousands... Peace was not an option. Exactly. We know that thousands of you have airplane tickets, hotels, and plans you've made for the festival. I don't know that that's true, actually, considering I mean, the, just by saying that there are low ticket sales, there are not thousands of people. I, I, yeah, I, th- I think you're bullshitting here. Uh, we've been working around the clock and have found a new promoter and a new home for an abridged version of this year's MA is for Lovers. Fests at Palladium in Worcester. Some of the best shows of all of our careers have taken place at the Palladium, so taking the festival here just felt right. Due to these changes, all previously purchased tickets will be refunded by Ticketmaster. New tickets will fest will be available through C Tickets. So, what what do you make of this? Is the worm turning on uh, all of the emo revival shit? I think they probably just uh, their eyes are too big for their stomach in this sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we don't want to see this, but there certainly are people who still want to see these things, especially with like some of the other bands that canceled. Like I could see this trying to do some sort of Warp Tour revival sort of deal, but you aren't going to be playing the same venues as Warp Tour where they're like open fields. Yeah, I think they probably should have booked a place like the Palladium to begin to with, begin with yeah. to make this thing happen. But you know, at least they have an option to do it. They didn't just like 
cancel it the day before or the day of and promoter disappeared with all the money at least they're trying to make it work i guess so um the the bands that fell off here um bayside who we've covered i don't really know who that is i mean i know who they are but i don't know who they are um alkaline trio uh which that guy has had a massive downgrade since getting kicked to the curb from blink 182 uh, and he's also a big uh, cop kisser oh yeah he's a big blue lives matter guy uh, so fuck him. Um, and then uh, Rise Against, a band who I think I remember them having a ballad that was a hit on MTV in the early 2000s, and I've never heard anything else from them. Yeah, there's, I think they were part of the Rock Against Bush tour. Oh, then if they, were on those, if they were on those comps, I definitely heard them then. <laughs> yeah. I just, there's a lot of festivals. Like, I feel in the past couple of years, America has really turned towards the like weekend festival or the one day massive show thing. Like I know it's happened for years, but it seems like that's the big push is having some sort of corporation, whoever has a bunch of money. It's just a big festival now instead of shows or a big show. And I don't know. My festival days are over and you look at those when we were young festival and all that, it's just destination things. It's a, part of a vacation now because yeah. you can't get people to come out just for the show that are our age and at least have enough money to want to go see it so you know there's there's always going to be the interest there for people to see these bands i just don't know if you if you don't have a big enough either headliner or so many bands at a relatively low price to get people to come in it's you kind of end up in this weird middle ground where you don't end up selling tickets yeah Um, and also like, I think it's just overextending your range a lot too. Like, um, the fucking, uh, Hawthorne Heights people are trying to do Massachusetts is for lovers when we all know it's Ohio is for lovers. Stay in your fucking lane, play your, your hometown fest uh, with all these other bands and then just call it a day. Uh, you don't get to claim the other states when you claim the one years ago. And you probably should have had some sort of Massachusetts emo band to play it too. Yeah, you had no like shortage of options there, surely. You could have gotten all that remains for very cheap, I'm Ooh. sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like those those things that go around on like Facebook like build a festival with $100 from different tiers and it's just like all that remains is a buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have went like more Massachusetts with it where it's like maybe a chain restaurant but they changed the name slightly so it sounds local. They should have went with like Massachusetts is for wicked pisses or something like that. I like I like that a lot. I think that'd be a good call. Um, again, uh, you can't. You're never going to take over the world again uh, based on a hit in 2004. That's my that's my read on this whole situation. That's why you do the emo cruise so people are stuck on the boat with you and they have to watch it. Yeah, because of the implication. You don't want to get lost out at sea with the guys from Hawthorne Heights. No, I mean I certainly don't want to. Just looking around, there's ocean, what am I going to do? Eh. Um, let's let's take a look at something here that we touched on last week, if that's okay with you. The Blue Ridge Rock Festival? Blue Ridge Rock Festival. I think this story fits in pretty well, uh, actually, with the uh, tale we told at the top of the show. <laughs> uh, so, when we talked about this last week, it, it had just, like, we just got news that the, the final days of the festival had been canceled. Uh, we were told due to weather concerns, but there were rumors that there were also staffing concerns. And it seems like more news has been coming out over the last week that it's probably a little bit more of the latter than it was the former. Yeah, it's, as the story was unfolding, we were getting more and more of, like, the logistical problems that were happening, and the line at the time from the festival people was more towards, it's raining, weather bad, sorry. And uh, I don't think anything's been solved yet with people getting refunds. But uh, what first came out was the tour manager for Electric Callboy, I believe he goes by the handle Tank the Tech, I'll put out like a 30-something minute vlog about all the trouble that they had. Jesus. And, uh, you know, our feelings on Electric Cowboy aside, he laid it out like very well, all the things like he has to do as a tour manager. Like when you get there, who you have to talk with, things you have to set up. And um, it's a long video, but I think it's worth your time. If you kind of want to know the inner workings of 
being a tour manager and working a festival and how Blue Ridge Rock Festival screwed up in so many different ways, which led to all of this disaster. But also the local news is getting in on this. They're investigating oh, yeah. it with the end of with a threat of we're going to keep following this story. So not good news for the Blue Ridge people. Yeah, I was uh, taking a look at this story from WDBJ7.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I guess, Roanoke. Is that it? Uh, sure, why not? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, which they uh, they have a pretty good piece here from uh, a few days ago. Uh, this this one thing that I would like to to put out uh, here as a note is that uh, staff had been sounding the alarm for quite a while, saying that shit was just not uh, available to them. Uh, let's see. It says there was absolutely nothing set in preparation for the festival. A stagehand said, "No showers." No toilets, no fencing that was expected to be there, and a lot of it just didn't start showing up until right at dusk. Stagehands say that these issues started 10 days before the actual festival began when workers first arrived at Virginia International Raceway. They say from the beginning, the showers were not functional and living conditions were unsanitary. Workers claim that more than 150 workers were forced to share six porta potties for the two weeks of festival preparation and during the actual event. They say the porta potties were only cleaned out every few days. <laughs> we were literally living around in our own filth and our own mess that we were trying to keep contained to the trash cans, but there isn't much you can do, especially when a storm comes through and blows that stuff around, as Stagehand said. So you've got porta potties absolutely overflowing, and then uh, gale force winds just really shaking things up like a rock tumbler. Uh, it seems deeply unpleasant. What do you think? And on top of that, you're overworked, you're underpaid, you're underappreciated. You know, this is who wants to work in that? Like, just so you could see some bands for free? Like, that's not enough. Nobody wants to work anymore, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it's our fault. We don't want to work for. Slave wages surrounded by our own shit. Yeah. So, fed up with the conditions, Stagehands presented a list of demands to Blue Ridge Management on Friday, September 8th at 5 p.m. They demanded more water stations, showers, food, and safer structures within 24 hours or else they would strike. Uh, Blue Ridge Rockfest canceled Saturday's program, citing weather concerns. They said they would provide an update for Sunday's events by 5 p.m. on Saturday, the same de- same deadline for the stagehand strike. Hmm. Yeah. And 80%, it says here, the stagehand says 80% of us were gone by 7 p.m. So they canceled the fest. How See, they, like followed the, they followed the share zone suggestion of just walk off just, your job. If it sucks, just fucking leave. Hit the bricks, pal. Um, no, uh, which... Again, I, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit last week. What you can kind of write off on your insurance versus what you can't. Sometimes maybe you can get an exemption for weather, but what about poor management? That's a good question. So I could yeah. see definitely why they would cite for just PR reasons alone. Ah, oh, the weather's bad. We have to cancel. But like maybe there's an insurance angle to this as well. Yeah, it certainly could be. You go, oh, act of God. What are you going to do? Yeah, act of God, and that we uh, refused to uh, provide toilets for people, so they fucking bailed and wouldn't work for us anymore. And God. the word is that they oversold the festival, too. I did not see that as well. The, I think originally they said like 45,000 tickets were sold, but estimates were somewhere to the fifty to 60,000 people range oh over God. the entire weekend. Uh, so just take all of the problems you have and... Add an extra zero to it. It's just that many more people creating trash, using the bathrooms, needing water, needing medical help. And they really are lucky that this wasn't like the hard rock and heavy metal version of the triangle shirt fire factory. <laughs> like uh, this, things like this could easily be a tragedy with too many people, bad weather, no security, all sorts of problems. Yeah. Like we see stories all the time of where there's like a rumor of a gun somewhere and people panic and run. Just multiply that by 50,000 and you have a serious tragedy on your hands. You have, there's been festivals where that's happened, where people get trampled and stages collapse due to high winds. It's they're very lucky. 
all kinds of things could have gone wrong here. Um, turning it into like the the butt rock Altamont when somebody just who stinks too bad is too close to me. <laughs> so people can look up this story. It's uh, like I said on WBJ7. WDBJ7, Blue Ridge Rock Festival canceled after nearly 200 stagehand workers strike because they interview some of these workers and in some cases they like alter their voices like they're talking to former mafia members. I love that shit. Yeah, like when you blur the face, put on like the voice changer. Yeah, they, they didn't have any porn upon his horse. I love that. The chicken fingers were terrible. <laughs> um, did you know that right now you can go ahead and pre-order tickets for Blue Ridge Rock Festival in 2024? I am deeply curious. I'm sure they're going to do it because this is some sort of money-making scam for them. And I did actually see during all of the uh, original chaos of this, a band posted on Facebook, a band I believe they're called Sepsis, was like, I wonder if Blue Ridge Rock Festival will charge $75 next year for bands to apply to get on. Oh, now that's that's interesting that in addition to all of the other scummy shit about this, they also have a minor pay to play scheme going on for smaller bands, you know, seventy five dollars to apply for. It seems pretty bad. I mean, I guess it's well, I was going to say it's better than selling tickets, but, you know, selling tickets will go for this and they will oversell it. So, hmm. Honestly, I'd be shocked if they don't implement uh, selling tickets as well for future uh, smaller bands that want to play. Just imagine paying $75 to get your band to play the smallest stage of this thing and not getting onto the festival. Oh, it's pathetic, but people will do it. Uh, sure. Bands are pathetic in general, so yeah, I, c- I could see it. And there was also like merch problems. There's It's a whole mess, and... They'll probably do it again next year, and I think after seeing the problems of this year and previous years, you kind of have to look at some of the bands that want to do this. Like, you know there are problems. Are you sure you want to do this to your fans? And most of them will probably say, yeah, sure. And what's so funny about this is, like, the headliners for this, as you know, we go over, is it's everybody. It's fucking everybody. They have mm-hmm. to have something really fucking sweet for, for these bands to take the juice every time. And to not hear from these bands, we've heard a couple of things from like individual members yeah, with like TikTok video or whatever. And it's all been generic or like, yeah. oh, weather's bad or huh, look at all this garbage. Uh, don't know what's going on. But no one's like really blasted the festival or the organizers from a band standpoint, which makes me think that they all signed NDAs. Surely, right? Like, again, we, we've established that the money behind this is coming from some kind of megachurch deal, which we should be, you know, pretty uh, <laughs> pretty suspicious of in the first place. Like, you want to fuck around with uh, Liberty University? They got hitters. And I feel like for the major headliners, like a Slipknot, for example, you don't have to sign the NDA. No, absolutely not. Like, they will probably still want to book you, and if not, then... I don't know. It just feels like I, I wouldn't want to, on a personal level, like be paid for my silence. I'm just thinking, like Corey Taylor has no problem talking about like what he had for lunch any given mm-hmm. day. But you're, you don't have anything to say here. That's a good point. Yeah, he does like to talk. A lot of these guys do like to talk. They about love to talk. Let you know. Oh yeah, what they're thinking and feeling. And for a situation like this, they have all clammed up. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Sure, hmm. there's nothing to that. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I for one, think that we should go ahead and get our passes for next year and do some on-the-ground reporting at Blue Ridge Rock Festival. What do you think? That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be miserable in the least bit, would it? It would be miserable, but it would be really good radio. Uh, I am going to take acid the entire time. I hope that's okay with you. It's just me babysitting you in a muddy field, missing all the bands. Just really scared of mud vein. <laughs> I just have my hand on the back of your shirt, and every time you run away, I just yank you back. <laughs> Got one of those like monkey backpacks that parents have for <laughs> unruly children. <laughs> just screaming about cobras on your skin. <laughs> uh, yeah, give us... Uh... Hey, by the way, we have a Patreon where you can get bonus episodes... 
um, for a couple of bucks. Give us some money so we can afford those tickets for next year and provide you uh, those very special episodes from the Blue Ridge Rock Festival. You did jokingly put on our Patreon at one point, like, give us $10,000 and I'll get a face tattoo. That's still, I still believe in that. Uh, Patre- we could, Patreon we could actually probably cut took- that. Patreon actually took that away from me. <laughs> they were like, you have a goal that you're never going to hit. We're removing this. <laughs> I was going to say, we could drop that by a lot of money and just have people pay for you to travel to the North Carolina, Virginia line to take acid to see, I don't know, trust company reuniting in. Like, genu- genuinely speaking, being in an altered state of consciousness while watching Shine Down and Oliver Anthony play Simple Man would probably break me, like irreparably. Just jumping on stage and ripping your shirt off, screaming about uh, who knows what. America, America is the great Satan. We are all damned for the original sin of being Americans. <laughs> Follow me. I am the true Burger King. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's essentially how that's going to go. So again, patreon.com slash toil of hell if you want to give us some money. Also, we've got uh, those excellent bonus shows and uh, all the playlists that we lovingly make for you every month. Let's get, let's continue the show, Jordan. Um, what what else is on your radar for this week? Uh, speaking of bad things happening at shows, have you been following this insane brawl that happened at a Cro-Mag show? Okay. So I, despite my best efforts, still follow a bunch of people who are really into hardcore on Twitter. Uh, and it's always deeply embarrassing to me, but I, I follow them. Um, so I, I had seen uh, a bunch of hubbub uh, as it was happening that there was some drama with Cro-Mags and with a zine of some kind. I mean, a hardcore zine, of course. Uh, lots of uh, pretty heavy allegations being thrown around and lots of deeply embarrassing details about all parties being thrown in there, too. And I got to say, uh, it really solidified uh, what a good decision it is to not affiliate yourself with hardcore in any conceivable way. Yes, uh, I, I had maybe a year where I was interested in like some hardcore bands. And now whenever I see clips on Instagram or whatever of hardcore shows, I'm just like, thank God I'm not there. This looks awful. This looks like such a terrible time for me. Uh, so these people never change. No. There's no reflection from oh them. Oh, my and God. You can be fucking 60 years old and still have the mentality of a 14-year-old. Everyone in hardcore, especially the lifers, they're the dumbest people you ever met in your fucking life. They are actually punching children at you. And then, like, writing a, a sixth-grade fucking, like, vernacular-style essay about why we need to accept that and be a part of it. <laughs> it's just part of the scene. It's about family. It's about brotherhood. And um, if you're wearing the wrong shirt, five of us will jump you. Pretty, uh, like, pretty sad stuff, I would say. As far as metal goes, with all of its cheesy characters and just absurd man-children... I feel like at the end of the day, some of them can walk away from their gimmick. Yes. Whereas like with hardcore, it's not a gimmick. This is who they are. This is who I am, a man with a third grade leading, reading level. <laughs> so this took place at Cafe 611 or mm-hmm. 611, I don't know, in Frederick, Maryland. It was a show with Chromags and DRI. If you show and your AARP card, you get in free. I like that it's at a cafe, like you can get some scones and a nice espresso while watching guys in their 60s and with bad neck tattoos punching each other in the back of the head. So, like you said, there was this zine, destroy zine is what they're called. Yes. I first saw this story with a screenshot from destroy zines Instagram alluding to the story. But also saying, if you want to re- if you want to know all about it, buy issue number three. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is always a great move. In the process, there's this massive story we're involved with, but you have to pay us to find out about it. In the process of trying to pick up what the fuck kind of rumors and innuendo were going around here, I uh, discovered that uh, part of Destroy Zine's gimmick is that they all wear ski masks. Of course you do, don't you? No one's ever done that before, not even in hardcore. Oh, my God. Everything is so embarrassing. 
So um, there was a brawl, a fight between Harley Flanagan of Cro-Mags, a few other people in their camp, and the members of this zine. So Flanagan said in a, an initial statement, and this is covered by the PRP again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Wook. Great show tonight with DRI, with the exception of one incident. A few people that everyone thought was with one of the bands, but turned out not to be, caused a ruckus, and one of them pulled out Mace by the merch table. I got sprayed. My son got sprayed. Everybody in the room was gasping for air. A few people had to leave. I actually got sliced with a razor or something by the guy on my ass cheek as I was trying to pull him and my son apart. The guy who did it got the shit beat out of him by several people. My eyes were burning and snot was coming out my nose and I couldn't see. I didn't realize I was cut until I got to the hotel. I just thought my pants got torn. I'm still not sure exactly how or why it all started. But according to everyone at the club, him, his girlfriend, and his friends were being assholes all night. Two of them had ski masks on and were selling magazines and stuff. This is why we all thought they were in or with one of the bands. All I know is that shit did not need to happen and shouldn't have happened. There were kids at the show, a 5-year-old, a 7-year-old, a 10-year-old, and my friend's 15-year-old son, and they could have been sprayed or hurt. These assholes obviously came to the show for problems because they had mace, a stun gun-type baton, and they dropped a bag that had a suture kit with stitches, needles, and iodine in it, so they must have been expecting something. You don't walk around with stuff like that or bring stuff like that to a show unless you're expecting problems or looking for them. I had to play the set with my eyes and skin burning. But besides that, it was a great show and a great night and a great show. Thank you all for coming out. I saw a lot of old friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You, you don't get it, Jordan. Hardcore is about uh, brandishing weapons and taking lots of photos of yourself alone, brandishing weapons in front of your fucking webcam in your empty apartment. As one does. Yeah. Um, w- the other side of this story is that the Destroy Zine folks said that Harley Flanagan, completely unbidden, uh, started uh, sexually harassing a woman and then uh, became immediately violent when he was uh, like turned down by this, this lady. Uh, Harley Flanagan, I think it was, we've seen uh, from his long track record is kind of a violent guy, right? Would you say that? He famously stabbed Mike Cools, uh, the replacement basis in the Crow Mags. And he was also in Sworn Enemy and a few other bands uh, during a Crow Mag show backstage and then somehow got like all the charges dropped. So I don't know what the full story is behind that, but this isn't the first time he's had violent altercations. Sure. So it's kind of I don't I don't know what to make of this. Uh, Destroy Zine had a post as well where they like went into details about how they were invited for an interview. They were given a table. They had passes. Harley was a creep. Fights broke out. There was mace, all this sort of stuff. There is some video footage of it, but it, it's not conclusive enough to actually make out what's happening. I I don't know what to make of this, but I do know that I hate everyone involved in this story. Now, this might seem harsh, but I think everyone involved should die. <laughs> no one wins, we all lose situation. Yeah, um, this is a, another instance of just hardcore, especially the lifers. And young people who are trying way too hard to get the attention of the lifers. Just, you suck. You all suck. And there's been multiple statements put out, not just by Flanagan, but by the band themselves, where they go into a little bit more detail. But it just sounds like a big old mess. It does, doesn't it? Um, I think if your shtick is like wearing uh, ski masks, which done, played out, whatever, who cares? You're not even doing it as a band, you're just doing it as a zine. I feel like that's come on, man. That's you can't do that. You got to you got to make something more than a zine to have like an outfit you wear out in public. Like can you imagine us like uh having official toilet hall fursuits to go out in public or something like that? They would actually be pretty cool. Okay, well, if, if I know we got furries in the audience, uh, tell us maybe if that's a good idea or a bad idea. Tell us what our fursona should be. Yeah, yeah. I, I am feel, I a fox? Am I uh, a cat? What am I? I feel like I'm probably like a you know, like a turtle or something. Maybe like a iguana. I'm a wombat. Wombat. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. 
yeah, tell us our personas in the comments below. Uh, and uh, again, if you have an experience uh, with old hardcore guys being stupid as fuck, let us know those. The last time I was in a fight was with a guy that had a dead boy's neck tattoo who sucked shit. Mm. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, hate hate hardcore people. Hate them. Uh, moving on here. <laughs> Uh, what what else you got for this episode, Jordan? Uh, a lot of new music came out this week. Do we want to actually talk about music? We can give it a shot, at least. I think the, I guess, surprise news is that Too Mold had a new album, and it came out this week. Yeah. Like they announced it, uh, 20 Bucks Spin announced it on Monday. It was out on Friday. I love that. I, I hate the long album hype cycles. Let's just get it out there, get to enjoying it, so we can all have a nice time and talk about it together. I mean, at the, at the same time, you do miss out on some of the drawing power and initial, here's a song, here's a song. Because we've talked about some of the bigger bands that have done that, like Avenged Sevenfold, and how it was a mistake for them to do that. I think, obviously, with Tomb Old, they're a smaller band, so they, it's not like they're missing out on people. And the people that like them are very much in tune with oh, what yeah. they're doing. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't make that much of a difference. But I think a lead up maybe might have gotten people more excited. But people have enjoyed the music so much that it actually doesn't matter. Like you don't need to have a long drawn out advertising campaign. It's just here it is. Oh, my God, we love it. And you're good to go. I mean, with a band like Tomb Mold, I think they can. you can call them like underground royalty right now. Like people that know them, love them. They've got their niche within the scene. 20 bucks spent is nothing to sneeze at, but it's also not like Columbia Records or whatever. So uh, I think that's a, I th- that's a fitting niche. Like don't do this shit. Don't drag it out. People want it. Give it to them. And, uh, you know, I haven't. This came out, what, Friday? Friday. Yeah. So I worked uh, Friday and Saturday all day uh, into the night. So I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But everything that I've seen uh, from the brief moments I've looked at online, people are very, very pleased with it. Have you had a chance to listen? Uh, I've listened to a few songs and uh, we got the promo a few days before everyone got it. And uh, I, I was like doing work at the time and I just clicked on a random song. Like I had no expectations for it and listened to previous stuff. And then like, yeah, it's good. Good death metal. I was very impressed by it, oh. the album, The Enduring Spirit, because with this sort of, with death metal in general, I feel, and being on the like smaller but still well-known labels, your 20 bucks spins, Willow Tips, uh, you kind of have an expectation or you kind of maintain what you do, I feel like, a lot of bands. And this album is like progressive death metal. I heard some saxophone in it. No way. Uh, I was very impressed by it. It sounded very good. Me personally, I I need a little melody every now and then for like something to stand out at least rather than just being like, yes, this is good death metal. Thank you for coming, Suffocation, mm-hmm. who will also have a new song out this week. It's still boring. And it's still Suffocation. And like, that's like, that's fine. Yeah, I, I that's fine. I I love the, <laughs> like, I love uh, the, the early albums, but mm-hmm. every, like, especially the last couple with the new vocal is like, Oh, this sounds actually bad to my ears. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's a good example of like, this is death metal. It is what it is. If that's what you want, like, that's great. If you're not super into it, you just kind of go, yeah, that's cool. Sounds like them with this album from tumult. I feel like they've really stepped up their writing and their production and how everything sounds. So this is one of those situations where people are really talking about them on social media, particularly uh, Twitter, and saying, album of the year, great. I can buy it. All right. I'll see how I feel like a month from now, but I can see this still being on the top of lots of people's lists. So people may not like really appreciate the the gravity of what you're saying right now, because uh, you are kind of famously not impressed by Twitter bands. Yeah, that's not to be derisive, bands that people get excited about on Twitter. Uh, so you saying this is this is tight shit is uh, is a pretty heavy endorsement, I would say. Yeah, I would feel that it's not being overhyped or over advertised by the usual people who every other week will be hyping up a new band or be supporting something as album of the year. I always yeah. feel that's overblown and overdone and you know, take it down a notch, but it's pretty good. 
And look, man, I've wasted my life uh, with obscure bands and all, but uh, the uh, level of um, uh, the number of people that I see uh, all the time, like, oh my God, the first new album in 23 years from Poop Coffin. Can you believe it? It's like, who the fuck is that? (laughs) It's like, there's a reason why they've been gone for 23 years. Yeah. Um, So yeah, uh, looking forward to hearing it. Uh, I'm, I'm more excited, to be honest with you, about the new surprise blood incantation uh double single and the new video i haven't had a chance to look at that either fuck i'm so far behind you see what you miss when you do things like uh force people to shit all over themselves (laughs) oh and also go to work yeah that too um so uh you know i i gave one listen to time wave zero the um ambient record from blood incantation i was like oh that's pleasant and i will never listen to it again uh so the new one is uh half that and then half actual death metal and i'm very excited about the part that's death metal i gotta tell you yeah two songs luminescent bridge and the one that they put out a video for that looks like uh, a poor man's eyes wide shut ritual situation <laughs> uh, obliquity of the ecliptic the uh, password is orgy <laughs> orgy or i guess for blood incantation it would be like Space orgy. Space orgy. Fuck, I love that. Moon butt. Alien fucking. <laughs> Alien dick. <laughs> so I listened to uh, the Obliquity song. Uh, for about half of it, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. It's death metal. But then they got into their uh, noodly spacey stuff and it's like, okay, all right, this is good too. What if we had death metal in space? Uh, Where blood incantation in space. I'm really, really looking forward to hearing it. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Uh, have you checked on Kit recently? Is he okay? I have not. My poor boy is probably just. He exploded into a ball of gore. He was so excited. He's just wiped out for days. Has to call out of work and just needs to like nurse a Pedialyte. So that's that's new music out that people are really excited about. Do you want to hear about some new music out that people are not excited about? Uh, is it a graveyard classic? Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking about. But hell yeah, let's talk about that, man. <laughs> yeah, apparently uh, Six Feet Under is working on a new album, but there's probably a good reason why a lot of people haven't heard about it. Why is that? Because they're probably blocked by Chris Barnes on that, Twitter. That makes sense. Yeah, I have been blocked for. God, like seven years now. I was blocked by him when we did the show with him. Uh. <laughs> and then I think he blocked the Toilet of Hell account after that. I love that. Um, let's see. He uh, he tweeted something the other day, thankfully, uh, highlighted by the PRP. Uh, thanks. They're not blocked. Thank you, Wook. Uh, <clears throat> Chris Barnes tweeted, probably won't be able to sleep tonight. I start recording vocals for the new Six Feet Under album tomorrow. Some of the most intense songs we've ever done. Super excited for this one. And he includes, uh, helpfully, uh, this gif of a uh, 1950s style microphone that has flames and lightning coming off of it. And it's that annoying Hollywood thing where half of it is blue and the other half is orange because like, that's how your mind and eyes visualize things in those colors. Um, I, I like this a lot. I think it's a good representation of what this album is going to sound like this cheesy little gif here. Um, so he's super excited. He's barely going to sleep because he's going to start recording vocals the next day for the new album. And I assume that that's going to take probably months, right? To, to get the vocal takes right. Just picturing Chris Barnes in like footy pajamas, excitedly kicking his feet because he's going to record the next day. Just so excited he can't fall asleep. Uh, exactly. Um, we've really enjoyed a lot of Six Feet Under's material on this show. We we have a pretty good tack on what he does in general. It, would anybody notice if he just reused vocals from like any other Six Feet Under record? No, not at all. I think I think that I think that we could use that one for a track right there. What do you think? Song done. Let's move on to the next one. Fuck it. It's in the can. Um, so yeah, when this comes out, uh, we should probably do a listening party, I think, in the Discord with it. Great. <laughs> I mean, it's. I guess, 
here's the thing. It's a new album of original Six Feet Under material, presumably. That's fine or whatever, but I'm more interested in the Graveyard Classics. I don't know about you. Give the people what they want, Chris. Yeah, it's been long enough. It's time for another Graveyard Classic. With posting that gif of the old-timey microphone... Maybe we will get something like that. Maybe we'll get a six feet under a six feet under cover song of like Frank Sinatra. I think that'd be cool. Like uh, hits of Dean the 50, yeah, hits of the fifties would be interesting. Like Earth Angel. Like that'd be that'd be good. Uh, Come fly with me. <laughs> uh, like. Uh, yeah, he loves rock and roll. I could I could hear a six feet under uh, Johnny be good even, uh, like I think it would go with something like this. Where all the music sounds exactly the same as the original version, except for his vocal. Exactly, and we love that. We love him for that, uh, and for you know being uh, one of the first people to be medically documented as being addicted to marijuana. Uh, <laughs> overall. Good stuff. I, I had something else in mind for new unpopular music, though. Mirker has new music out, and nobody gives a flying fuck. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, years ago, uh, the old Mirky, as we affectionately called her, uh, had all kinds of attention on her, and that is no longer the case. Nobody, not a single person, knows or cares about this, which is wild to me. Well, how about to you? It's the bloom is off the black and rose. I guess it's been too long for fans mm-hmm. who actually enjoyed the music or, you know, there's not enough staying power for things to keep going at the same level it was. And I guess the haters have just moved on too. I would have figured in this exact moment of reaction that she would have a whole new host of fans that are interested in like the black metal trad wife angle, you know? Yeah. And it's just not the case. Uh, and even uh, even the haters are they they're bored by it. Like all of the stories I'm seeing about this, zero comments, zero traction anywhere on social media. What will become of our Murky? Uh, she's gonna lean into the right wing trad wife stuff even more. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully expecting that to happen. She's gonna do guest vocals for Shining or something like that. I think that she maybe think she's above working with these dirt bags now like that she can get by on some kind of NPR cred but I just I don't think it's going to happen well as I've heard from someone we know that was her touring guitarist that she does think she's above all of it so you're not wrong yeah so um that's a that's that's tough uh I don't think it's gonna I don't think anything's gonna work for her here uh but I am interested to see like you know maybe she uh you know, in a fit of desperation, does an episode of like Red Scare with those horrible women and uh, <laughs> like just trying to get some attention. I I can't keep track of all these horrible podcast people. It all blends together, and I want no part of it. Um, trying to think of an easy way to simplify this, but uh, there is. Uh, are were they the ones that were like socialists at one point, and they've horseshoed around to like hang out with Alex Jones? Is that them? Yeah, that's them. Like uh, I saw one of the horrible women was posting about how she uh, like loves Russell Brand this morning. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, I know. Um, awful, awful women. Uh, but you know, that's uh, there's there's a market for for awful women. Uh, some people love that kind of thing. Not me. Couldn't couldn't be me. But other people do. Uh, and he, we are, you know, in a way, uh, podcast brethren, right? We have to stand up for fellow podcasters. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they are fellow humans. Do we have to stand up for all humans as well? <laughs> uh, yes. If you are a humanist, you must love all humans. I think that's how that works, right? <clears throat> uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I'll keep, I'll keep tabs on all murky because I feel like this is uh, ripe for some kind of right for some kind of blow up. I, I really do. I mean, all, she could also hook up with like a sleep token or someone else that's popular at the time. And she's right back up to where she was. Honestly, I think the sleep tokens way too big for Mirky. Probably. Yeah. But you never know. There's always these weird bedfellows or uh, behind the scenes who's friends with who, or just wants to work with someone. 
Yeah, tough to say. The Danish scene is notoriously insular, I guess, or something. I don't know. Uh, anything else you want to touch on this week before we uh, we give it a uh, close out on it? I saw It Dies Today put out a new song for the first time in like 10 years. Jesus, I had no idea they were still a band. So they kind of are, kind of aren't. They're one of those bands where they'll like, I think they're playing Furnace Fest soon. Mm -hmm. So they put out a new song and uh, they actually put out a music video for it. And I I appreciated the tweet that they included with it uh, while they're advertising it. The song is called Buried uh, Buried by Black Clouds. It's fine. It's 2000s metalcore now just done by guys uh, in their 40s with mortgages and a couple children. But they said, while we're at it, Here's the video that we turned around in four days with a zero dollar budget. <laughs> so I appreciate the honesty because it's just them in front of green screen playing. Our new song, Buried by Black Clouds, is now up on YouTube and Apple Music. It'll be streaming. It'll be on all streaming platforms today. Go learn the word so I don't feel stupid playing it at Furnace Fest next week. <laughs> uh, big fan of that. That's good. Just metalcore guys becoming metalcore dads telling metalcore metalcore dad jokes. Um, so, Furnace Fest. We talked about the 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 headlining bands for that uh, months ago, but it looks like it's coming up next week. Yeah, it's, it's it finally happened. <laughs> you know, good for these festivals for announcing this stuff way in advance. But now that I'm actually looking at the festival, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the big Christian metalcore version. No, I, I always. I like to keep track of where we are in the show because we definitely started the year with a distinct theme around Christianity and metal and hardcore, starting with Furnace Fest. Uh, some would say uh, malignantly inserting a lot of these bands uh, into what should be a secular fest. So I'm curious to see how this goes. If we have a sort of revival of like the youth uh, worship shit that was so popular when I was a kid, uh, there's still things unfolding. Much to see, much to see. I'm curious if young people see a fest like this and get inspired, or is this just like old guy stuff? And if you like don't have an older brother or sister that was into this, it's just you're, you're not interested. I can't imagine any like teen now hearing Five Iron Frenzy and being like, I am devoting myself to both the Lord and Ska. <laughs> we say that happens with metal plenty of times where you'll get a younger person that's just all about Morbid Angel. Yeah. Or like they've they've dove headfirst into old school death metal and they're buying all the albums and they're getting dressed up like that. And I'm just curious if the same thing happens with older metalcore and punk and the early 2000s bands. It seems unlikely, but we do see uh, kids dressed up like they're in coal chamber all the time now. So who knows? (laughs) Kids wearing band T-shirts from the 90s and skateboarding so i guess everything old is new so maybe it's possible god damn dude like yesterday i i went out to like again i walked down the street for two minutes and i saw three different kids wearing nirvana shirts it's like what the (laughs) fuck dude that was like 40 fucking years ago (laughs) it's on the radio constantly i guess it's um, maybe it shows up in algorithms and probably tiktok songs they probably use that and you could buy their shirts at walmart I guess so. It's just a shame that it's Nirvana and like, I don't know, towed the wet sprocket or something that went out. <laughs> it's not Tad. I, I'm just saying like of all of the uh, beloved 90s uh, rock and roll bands, should have been Gin Blossoms. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, kids, I mean, I'd take Hey Jealousy over most Nirvana songs. Literally every Nirvana song for me, man. I'm not a fan. <laughs> hey, that's just the way it is. It's the most popular things stay around forever. Like, how many people still talk about the Beatles and love the Beatles when there are countless other bands that were more talented or better songwriters, but it was the most popular thing everyone knew, so there you go, same thing. It's just Nirvana's the 90s versions of that. Yeah, and you know, I do see, you know, children in Beatles gear from time to time, and it's just like such a a wild thing, like that's so long ago. Like, you don't see any kids wearing like Count Basie's orchestra shirts around, <laughs> which maybe they should. Instead of carrying boom boxes, you carry the old timey record. Of oh, the 78s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and just, you know, you're snapping your finger to uh, some sort of old-timey jazz yeah. to uh, Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman, fuck yeah, dude. Sing, sing, sing. That is a fucking ass-beater of a track. Just hanging out at the skate park with your 78s. I, uh, playing big band music. Man, I own a bunch of uh, like Lawrence Welk records just because my grandparents really liked Lawrence Welk, and I got they got some heaters too. I would like to see some kids wearing Lawrence Welk. You know what? I'm gonna start bootlegging Lawrence Welk tees. T-shirts. <laughs> You're gonna make like the with uh, Bart Simpson slam dunking in a Michael Jordan jersey, but it's for that. Yeah, but it's Lawrence Welk like just whipping the shit out of his accordion. Fuck yeah. Um, so look forward to that after we put out our new Toilet of Hell t-shirts. Those are coming any day now. You got the samples from our stickers as well with our chibi versions of ourselves. Those are coming soon. We'll have announcements for everybody shortly. Anything else you need to let people know before we kill this show? Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, on Blue Sky, on Instagram, at Joe Thrash and Kill, at 365 Days of Horror. You can email us at toiletofhell at gmail.com. You can email us at toiletofhellradio at gmail.com. Like some person who randomly emailed us with no subject line and in broken, confusing English was mad about all over shirt prints. Wait, when did that happen? Earlier this week. Nice. I don't know what brought it on. I assume an article that I wrote many, many years ago on the site, but since there's no subject, I don't know. Uh, so you could be one of those people too, and we will screenshot it and post it on social media and make fun of you uh what else i think that's about it uh october spooktacular is coming up in just a few weeks we're excited for that we have some good guests lined up and should be a lot of fun yeah we do have we do have a lot of good guests coming up as well um i actually need to try to fill a slot for one thing i'm glad you reminded me because nobody has replied to my inquiries on the previous one so uh, <clears throat> i'll get that filled immediately <laughs> You gotta you gotta butter them up to say how much you're a big fan and you'd love it if they could come on our show and watch just the worst horror movies possible. Man, I, I tried that. I tried to tell people like, hey, I know you. That's why I'm reaching out. <laughs> Maybe I should contact these people, but just using the same exact words you used and then I get like a positive response. Yeah. That could that could be the case. I got stink lines coming off my virtual avatar or something. Fuck. It's just like I I said the same thing. Why him? Uh, but look forward to those shows coming soon. Uh, and hey, we'll see you next time. Bye.
You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.